Hi, everybody. This is Moshe Fried, and welcome to the very 40th episode of the Class Stars podcast. Today, instead of telling you about a problem or an idea that uh, I think about as far as education is concerned, I want to go back and talk a little bit about what brings us into education in the first place and some pretty incredible stories that I happen to be fortunate enough to witness recently that drives this point home. The big question is, how do teachers like us, who are being pulled in so many directions, with so many demands and so much to do, how do we make sure that we not only get through our lesson as planned, but also make sure that every child is noticed every day, and that each one gets the attention they need to succeed? That is the question, and the Class Stars podcast is here to give you the answer. Here is your host, Moshe Freed. When I was a kid and I was learning how to swim, so the swimming instructor did a really good job in teaching me the strokes, teaching me how to kick, how to breathe, how to hold my head, how to hold my body in the water. And uh, I'm a pretty decent swimmer, I guess you could say. But I really struggled when it came to learning how to dive. And the reason why I had a hard time with this was not the instructor's fault. The instructor was very clear. What he told me was that you need to hold your head in the right position when you're diving off the side of the pool into the water because the rest of your body is going to follow your head. And if you don't have your head positioned properly, you're not going to dive properly. Everything else, The rest of your body is going to follow the improper position of your head. And for some reason, I just could not get my head positioned properly, which I guess thinking back to that metaphorically, you know, maybe in more ways than one. But all kidding aside, every time I attempted a dive, I'd, I'd have my head in the wrong position and I've, I would inevitably belly flop and it was painful, obviously. It's not fun to belly flop. So after a couple of times of trying, I gave up. But this idea where the rest of the body follows the head is true on so many levels. And one of the things that I notice is that when you have the right goal, when you have the right ambition, when you come into teaching, Everything follows that. The ambition and the goal are is the head. And the actions that we do is the body that follows. And while we all come in to the field, you know, ambitious and idealistic, and our goal is definitely to impact these kids, to help these kids grow, to help these kids learn, to teach them new things, and to kind of make that kind of impression on them the way maybe one of our great teachers made an impression on us. But like all things, inevitably over time, you know, the workload starts piling on and the demands are made and, and you kind of get distracted from that original goal. And so our actions follow that original goal. When we forget that the reason why we came into school in the first place was to make a positive impact on these kids and to help them develop into better adults, as long as we remember that, Everything that we do is going to be in line with that. But when we start to forget that, the things that we do will not be in line with that. And a great story that illustrates this point is actually totally not out of education. I was listening to a business podcast by a fellow named Gary Vaynerchuk. You may have heard of him if you're into entrepreneurship. He's a pretty popular entrepreneur these days. And he gives a lot. A lot of his podcasts are actually recordings of of speeches that he's given. He speaks all over the world. He talks to young people about entrepreneurship. He's got a great work ethic, a great attitude towards self-reliance and achievement and not letting other people get you down. And there was this 
question and answer session that he was doing where somebody prefaced the question by saying that he had asked this question to another business person. And I may have said the story over already in a, in a previous podcast episode, but I think it's so, so such a great story and it, and it speaks to such a great truth that it's worth repeating. So he says, so, so the question is prefaced, I asked this to another you know, great entrepreneur and he had to think about it. He didn't have an answer off the cuff. So I'm, I'd like to present this question to you, Gary, and tell me what you think about this. And basically the idea is in entrepreneurship, you know, getting, having reach, being in front of people is very, very important. When you're selling a product, you know, there's a lot of Facebook advertising. We all know this from, from our Facebook feeds. There's a lot of advertisements. And a lot of entrepreneurs are trying to figure out the best way to get your Facebook ad or your YouTube video or whatever it might be in front of as many people as possible. So the question was, imagine if you're running Facebook for the day and you could put out one post that is going to be seen by each and every Facebook user which is like an entrepreneur's dream come true, you know, to be able to reach every single Facebook user, all the, however many billions there are. What would you post? And he said, I asked this to this other entrepreneur and he didn't know he had to think about it. And before this guy even had a chance to finish his question, Gary interrupted him, which he often does. And he said, very simple, how can I help? He said, because my goal when I put out posts on social media, when I, I'm in front of people on social media, it's not about what I can get from these customers. It's what I can give to them. I want to bring them value. If I can bring them enough value, inevitably, they will buy my product. And a lot of people won't buy my product, but enough people will that I'll be viable. So he said, very often when we're in business, we're always looking to see what we can get. And if you're trying to figure out what you can get, then it gets tricky. Then you need to think about it because you don't want to come across as a taker. Nobody likes that. You have to come across as you're giving, but you're trying to figure out how you can leverage that and what you can get back in return. But when the goal is just to give, when the goal is just to be a giver, just to provide value, it makes everything really simple. And I thought that that was so amazing because applied in a, in a classroom environment, of course, we want from the kids, we want from the students, we want them to perform, we don't want them to pay us, we don't want them to do anything for us personally, but we want them to give their best effort for themselves. But like I said before, everything follows the head. If our goal is to build these kids, we want to build them up and we see that they're struggling, our response to them is very different than if our goal is something that is personal, for example, we've got a deadline to meet, we're running out of patience, we've got to complete the lesson, we've got to cover this ground. You know, whenever it's about our needs, everything else follows that, it's about our needs. But when we recognize them, when we realize that we're there for them, it changes everything and it changes our response. We don't even need to think about it because everything follows the head. And this brings me to these two amazing stories that I just need to share that really happened to me in the last couple of weeks, the first story was about a client of mine who's 19 years old. And he started coming to me when he was in third grade. So you got to figure he must have been about eight, eight years old or something like that, maybe nine. And he, he, you know, he, not the academic kid, you know, the school system was not built with him in mind. He's kind of out of the box, hard to get him to sit straight. Not, not a, you know, like you can imagine, typical kid that struggles in school. And I worked with him literally every year from third grade throughout elementary school. And he would come. He was reluctant to come, but he was still small enough that his parents can force him to come. And he came. He came, but he wouldn't talk about anything that was worthwhile. He refused to do any kind of therapeutic work. But nevertheless, 
you know, understanding that as a therapist, and again, I realize that a lot of this stuff might sound like, yeah, in a therapy office, you can do this, but in a classroom, it doesn't really work. And that's true. There are differences, but the, listen to the point of it. You'll hear the point of it. You'll understand how to apply it. The point is that I engaged this kid. This kid loved baseball cards. He used to come and tell me about his baseball cards, and we would watch YouTube videos of unboxings of baseball cards. And he would tell me how one day he's going to make so much money selling baseball cards. And I would be enthusiastic with him, you know, not, of course, giving him any kind of false hopes, or at least trying not to give him any kind of false hopes, but letting him know that I get him and I understand them and I'm a fan of his and I'm rooting for him. And, and this went on throughout elementary school. And, you know, there were times when I would meet with the parents and question, like, is this worth continuing? You know, what is he doing here? He doesn't really want to do the work. And I kept telling them, just let him come. He's comfortable here. There's a certain relaxation. He knows that I've got his back. He knows that I'm rooting for him. Let's just, let's just keep it going. Let's just keep it going. And we, we did this. Obviously, he graduated elementary school. He went to high school uh, you know, out of, out of town. So he was no longer local to come into my office. Of course, he was in therapy wherever he went. He was in therapy. He went to many, many therapists. He was on medication for various different things. And he never really was able to get his act together. He called me a couple of months ago. He's now 19 years old. And he said, listen, I got to come back to you. And, but I want you to know, I'm going to pay for the therapy. I'm not going to, you know, my parents aren't paying for anything for me anymore. I've moved out of the house. I'm paying my own rent. I'm paying my own way but I got to work stuff out. I'm in, I'm in really, really deep trouble. He used a little bit more vulgar language than trouble, but you get the point. Anyway, this kid came back to me and, and, you know, we started talking and, and he was just on fire every minute utilizing the therapy, doing such deep and incredible work. And he said, you know, it's amazing because I fought you for so many years. He tells me I refuse to do any of the work, but for some reason, I knew I needed to come back to you. And I explained to him that all the work that we're doing now is built on that foundation of those years. Because those were the years where we developed an understanding of each other, a trust. And he's able to come back to that now and build on that foundation. Now, again, like I said, there are many differences. I can afford in a therapy session to have those kinds of sessions where there isn't a practical thing that's being learned because it's not up to me. It's up to the client to, to direct the session. In a classroom, it doesn't work like that. And also, again, in a therapy session, I have the opportunity of having him come back as a 19-year-old. And none of you are going to have your students come back after they graduate high school coming back to you for lessons or whatever it might be. So that part of it is not the point of the lesson, the point of the story. The point of the story is that you don't realize the kind of impression that you're making on people even when they're fighting you. So, so just like this guy was able to come back years later and do incredible work, you don't know. You, sometimes you think that someone's sitting in your classroom and not paying attention and not listening and not taking your lessons to heart or doing the work or anything like that. You still don't know the kind of impression you're making on them. And you might never, ever know. And that's unfortunate. And I was thinking recently that actually, you know, today through social media, it's so much easier to get in touch with these kids later on. You know, you have to be teaching for long enough. But if you reach out, let's say, to try to track down some of your students from 10 years ago, from 15 years ago, and see where they're at, you can follow them on social media. When they have achievements, when they have milestones, I'm sure they would really love to hear from their teachers that vote of confidence saying, see, I told you, you can do it. And that would be amazing. And, and you never know what they're going to give back. The second story, which again shows the impact that teachers have 
is of actually a 40-year-old client that I have. Now, this woman really, really struggled through her teenage years and, and even beyond her teenage years. You know, she had graduated high school and she had gone on to a seminary uh, out of the country. And she, she really was very rebellious. She was really, she was really tough. You know, I don't know the details. I always tell her, I don't need to know the details of your past unless it's relevant to the work that we're doing now. But the point here in this story is that this woman now has a daughter that's graduating high school and she's looking to send her out of town to a seminary as well. And she's considering the seminary where she went. And she said, you know, I don't know if I know anybody there, if anyone's still there from 20 whatever years ago. And even if they are, they probably don't remember me. And if they do remember me, it's probably not good. And I told her, hang on a second. I said, think of, think of, what, of what's happening right here, right? You went to this school and let's say you gave them a hard time and let's say you were a disaster, however you want to put it, okay? Well, use your words, however bad you think you were, okay? I'm not saying that I agree with that or not, but however bad you think you were, okay? Now, here you are 20 years later calling and saying, I'd like to put my daughter through that experience that you gave me. What does that say? What does that say about the school, about the teachers, about the dedication, about the lessons that you did internalize? Okay, maybe you didn't do well on the tests. Maybe you didn't tell them at the time how much you appreciated what they did for you. But calling them back 20 years later and saying, please, can you take my daughter? That's like the greatest vote of confidence that you can give a school. That's the best you could tell them as far as telling them how much they meant to you, that here you are ready to bring your daughter there, a next generation. So I would suggest, I told her, that you call her, remind them who you are, tell them the worst stories of what, you, of what you've done and how it seems that they had no impact on you and then tell them, you know, you might not think that you made a difference in my life, but you made such a profound difference that I would like my daughter to have that experience too. Now, unfortunately, again, not everybody, especially when you're teaching young kids and when you're teaching high school as well, you don't always get to see that, you know, the results of the impact that you're having. So that's a little bit of a challenge in education. But, but we know that these stories happen. Once in a while, we're lucky enough to, to have it on our own. Many of us are recipients of that. You know, our teachers don't know the impact that they had on us. But try to keep that in mind. Try to remember that, that the reason why we're coming here is to impact these kids, to give them a very bright future. And like, like diving, you know, if you have, if the head is positioned right, everything else will follow. If the goals and the ambitions are, are aligned, everything else will follow. The decisions that we make, the reactions that we have, the amount of patience that we need to have, everything will follow through from that goal of having that impact on that kid. So it's worthwhile once, once in a while, you know, I'd recommend listening to this episode every month or so. You know, just let's remind ourselves of why we're here, why we're doing this, the kind of impact that we're having. And we're having it a lot more than we, than we can possibly know because these kids are not going to come back to us for the most part and tell us how amazing we were to them. It's just not going to happen. But if we keep it in mind and we remind ourselves of it, it'll certainly help. Take care. See you next week. Hey, everybody on the podcast. I'm really excited to uh, announce that the Class Stars app is going to be coming out really, really soon. We're just doing some final touch-ups on it, but literally, literally days away, literally days away, the Class Stars app, you're going to love it. It's just the simplest way to help you keep track of 
who is getting your attention and who needs your attention in the classroom. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Those kids that you put your attention to, good things happen with them. And the kids that go unnoticed for one reason or another, it's most of the time not even our own fault. There's just so much going on. But Class Stars helps with all that. It's the easiest way to keep track of stuff. Check it out. You can check out our website, www.classstars.com. And you should also check out the new Facebook Live. Check out the Class Stars page on Facebook. And every week I'm, be, um, I'm doing a Facebook Live where – I'm actually reviewing the principles of Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So that's a really great Facebook Live. It's different than the podcast. It goes on a little bit longer, and we talk about concepts in the book. Really, really amazing, getting great feedback on that as well. So check that out too, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends about this podcast. I mean, a lot of people are listening to it, but there are a lot more teachers out there than are listening to the podcast. So spread the word, and uh, yeah, all good stuff. Take care. See you next week. Thank you so much for tuning into the Class Stars podcast. To learn more about our vision for education, subscribe to us, visit our website, take our free training, sign up for the newsletter, and follow us on social media. Join the revolution in education and become a Class Stars today, empowering educators one episode at a time.